So, the reason why I believe the Most High and we come from the trenches so I could be able to understand the psychology, the mentality, the thoughts, the behavior of broken people that lacks self-esteem and don't have no confidence in people who is very insecure. No, my mission started in a diverse population where I was able to be able to look at all people and see a common denominator. And one thing I learned from that was that a nigga mentality don't only afflict black people, but I done seen all types of people from all backgrounds, race, nationality, being plagued by what is called a nigga mentality. And I'm not here to talk about what a nigga mentality is. But what I will do to give you a glimpse, understanding of a nigga mentality, for those who may not know, it basically a nigga mentality in a nutshell is a mentality that was engineered by European slave masters for Africans to transform them from being an African into a nigga. Okay. So, from my diverse environment, I was embarked upon a different environment. And this environment was a populist, predominantly occupied by African-Americans or black people. So I was able to be amongst them at the very bottom of the hole and in the trenches. And my observation brought a lot of knowledge into their behavior, their thoughts, their fears, their worries, their beliefs, their habits, their actions. 
life circumstances that brought them to where they, to where we met. And me, I'm a very observant person. I'm always studying. Rather, it's academics. No, rather is, you know, just merely observing. That was my first form of studying, was observation. Or just being able to sit back with a blank and clear mind and observe my surroundings for what it is. For not what I want it to be or how I want to see it. Or from what? anybody else told me it was or is and then I was also brought upon environments where um, I seen white people at the very bottom of the hole in, in the trenches you know I was able to see them in the very bottom of the hole in the trenches. The reason why and deserve. I believe. So, excuse me for that technical difficulty. So, I was able to observe them, their thoughts, their mentality, their belief, what led them into the circumstance that they was in when we met, et cetera, and et cetera. And um, I had to see what was the common denominator of their struggle. And it was quite interesting there are definitely a lot of stereotypes in America, but um, I've been around ghetto black people and I've been around ghetto white people. And when I say ghetto white people, I'm talking about ghetto white people who ain't really had no contact with black people or very little contact with black people. In other words, these environments were states, cities, municipal that were predominantly white. So there was white ghettos that was not influenced by black ghettos, but white ghettos that were influenced by white citizens themselves. You understand what I'm saying? So... I was able to see the common denominator of the mentality of them particular individuals who never make it out of that white ghetto. Like I was able to observe the mentality of many of the many of the black people who was never ever able to make it out of their environment. I was able to see the common denominator of that as well. And I could tell you that 
the most ghettoest people that I have seen in the United States of America is white people. I was completely shocked when I first went to New England, to the ghettos of New England. For those who don't know about New England, New England is, it consists of the following states, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and I believe Maine and Vermont. And I've seen that, um, I noticed that the problems in the white ghetto is probably a lot worse than the problems that I witnessed in the black ghettos. In certain aspects. And then, you know, I, I, I realized this a long time ago is that when people make a comparison between black people and white people in this country called North America, they always compare the black people that are living in poverty to the white middle class. You know what I'm saying? They don't compare affluent blacks with affluent whites. You know, middle class blacks with middle class whites, ghetto blacks and ghetto whites. No, they just compare all ghetto black people you know what I'm saying, with middle-class white people or sometimes even affluent white people. And, you know, when you travel, man, you look at things different, bro. You know, uh, nobody can put wools over your eyes about how this area is and how that area is and how this place is and how that place is and how these people is and how those people are. When you actually took it upon yourself to see what it was like and not just take anybody's words from it. But then when you do take it upon yourself to see what it's like, you got to do it from a clear mind. A mind void of being judgmental. A mind void of being biased. You know what I'm saying? So, what I learned that um, wealth and poverty isn't too much of a racial thing, but more of an individual thing. Uh, by me, Studying these people, I found out that their biggest suppressor was themselves. But unconsciously, they didn't know that. Because their subconscious oppressed their conscious mind. You know, you know what I mean? Like for the white people who who lived in poverty, who living in poverty, their main excuse is... They're always blaming the rich, the rich, this, the rich, that, the rich, the rich, the rich. They're not blaming the rich. They're blaming the government. But in most cases, they like to blame the rich. So although 
they Caucasians themselves, the ones who like to blame the rich, they really don't want anything to do with the affluent white community. Sometimes not even the middle class white community. They don't want anything to do with it. I don't know where this envy comes from, but, you know, they kind of envy, you know what I'm saying, the affluent white community. And then when I looked at the common denominator of not just African-American, but black people in this country, common denominator of their lack of confidence in self and high self-esteem is racially based. They are plagued by racial insecurity. I met so many brothers and so many sisters who thought that they couldn't do particular things because of their race. You know what I'm saying? Um, some of them thought that they couldn't start a business because they're black. A lot of them thought that they couldn't get a job because they black. I know you see black people with businesses and jobs. You know, um, they just basically they were plagued, you know what I'm saying, with poverty. You know what I'm saying? The plague with being at the bottom because of who they thought they were. You know what I'm saying? And that right there, you know, caused them to be insecure. Their insecurity comes from being who they are genetically. You understand? So... When you look at successful people, because I also study successful people as well, when I was able to make it from out of the trenches and was able to make it out of the hole and to um, be on the ground level and even, you know, make my way on the mountain. Although I stumbled a couple of times from the mountain and, <laughs> and hit back, you know, um, on ground level, you know, this is my current struggle. Previously, my struggle was climbing out the trenches and falling back in the trench. It came from that. And then it came from, you know, climbing out of the hole and sometimes I'll fall back to the bottom. Didn't complete my mission of climbing out of the hole. So now my struggle is climbing a mountain and sometimes I'll miss a ledge and stumble back on the ground level. So currently this is my struggle. So however, when I was able to, um, you know, become on the surface level, you know, I would build relations with the middle class because I wanted to see what is it 
that caused these people to get their shit straight in comparison to the people at the bottom who seem like they're having a difficult time getting this shit straight. You understand what I'm saying? And um, they just basically had a little bit more confidence, you know, you know, the for the white people, they, they didn't have too much of a distaste in their mouth, you know what I'm saying, for the fluent Europeans. And they actually had an admiration for those people, a willingness to serve them, a willingness to be a part, you know what I'm saying, of their movement. Um, they had a drive towards being progressive, you know what I'm saying? Uh, unlike many people at the bottom, a lot of them lack drive. And the reason why they lack drive because they don't have a high enough self-esteem to convince themselves with the confidence to even be driven. And then on the side of, you know, the black people in America who was in the middle class, I seen that, you know, they wasn't so racially insecure, although many of them in the middle class and even in the affluent class is still plagued with racial insecurity, or probably less more than the ones at the very bottom. But however, you know, when you talk to them, they don't believe that they have all these restrictions and limitations because of their skin color. Although they still do believe in some restriction and limitation, but not as much as the ones who was at the very bottom. The ones at the very bottom, you know, they see more restrictions. They see more limitations you understand as a matter of fact they see every possible opportunity to rise up out of their condition as they don't look at it as an opportunity they look at it as a restriction as a limitation they kind of panic when you do give them the opportunity you tell them that there's no restriction or there's no limitation in their minds, they try to seek a false restriction, a false limitation. So they won't develop the drive to even take upon the opportunity. Just as I was saying before, a lot of these individuals, their biggest oppressor is themselves their mentality, their thoughts, the thoughts that they have about themselves. You know what I'm saying? So, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. In another episode, probably going to be many parts to this because right now I'm not even getting warmed up on this topic. Um, but before I wrap up this particular piece, 
I want to also mention that I studied the affluent, you know, wealthy individuals. When I was able to get in the middle class, then, you know, uh, I was a lot closer to the affluent, a lot closer to the wealthy, a lot closer to the rich. And I was able to observe them to the point for me to understand what's the common denominator that all these people share. And one thing I could tell you about that, I will see, uh, I would say a high, very, 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 very high energetically amount of enthusiasm. You know what I mean? Sometimes the enthusiasm that they have is visible. And other times, you know, it's not so visible. It's not so noticeable. If you understand what I'm saying. Um, yeah, they just very high spirit, very enthusiastic, you know, uh, assertive um of course they have a higher self-esteem a higher confidence towards manifesting their goals towards accumulating wealth towards being abundant you know things in that nature of course, their mentality is different. Their views is different. Everything is different. You know, um, there's a certain mentality that you got to develop for success. You know, or for most people to understand what I'm saying, I should say it's a certain mindset or mind state that you gotta develop. But um we're gonna touch on this a little bit deeper in the next episode. Till then, you guys take care.